Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the crossover edition for Sunday. As you know, between OBR Podcast, All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, and the OBR Film Breakdown with myself, Jake Burns. We have a good show for you. We have some fun topics, and uh, we have a Browns organization that has not, just because the draft has ended, has not stopped acting uh, according to improving their football team. It's actually been kind of fun. It's been, you know, you think after the draft, you think that the, there's a slow period, and there, and there will be. We'll get there eventually. But between the McLeod signing, you know, between uh, the huge trade that we that we talked about on my pod yesterday was Darius Smith, and the trade and the, and, the, and the film room we posted and all that coverage. And then uh, obviously the schedule release. We've had a really nonstop minefield of, of uh, opportunity to cover the Browns in a unique way, shape and form. So uh, it's been a it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but it's been fun. And there's uh, there's no dead period so far. We're just, maybe we'll keep this. It'll be exciting through June and July. Brad, what's up, man? What's up? This, yeah, I mean, uh, fired up about the trade, honestly. Uh how can you not be excited, right? Like uh, feeling really good about our defense these days. So, yeah, yeah, I meant to have you give your reaction. I don't know if you if you did a pod or anything. It was such a that Friday night dump of like this trade was so it random. Was weird. Never. Yeah, it's not it's not like the time of year is weird per se because there's always teams looking to improve their roster situation after the draft when you you know you figure out what your true limitations are. So it wasn't, but it was just like I sat down to. I think I referenced it because I recorded so late last night in that. Uh, article done that i wanted to provide to folks but uh i was so, I was so tired man we had gone to a movie and i just had, like the movie had literally just started and i get i just get a weird group text it was like uh, uh okay this, i probably should open this not a very normal friday night group text and it was about a trade and all of yeah. that but yeah pretty crazy go go ahead and give your initial reaction to it if you want buddy i mean we'll talk about it more here but i mean i just um kind of reiterates what we've been talking about here that I I thought, you know, in any situation, like, I don't even think they had to go get an edge. I thought, you know, like, it makes sense to, but they didn't have to go get an edge, really. I thought they would try to because they kind of are in that all-in mode. But, I mean, to go, like, and look at that free agent class and say uh these guys aren't this isn't good enough for i don't know if that's what he said necessarily but that's kind of how i looked at it like well this is better than anybody that was on the free agent market right so sure uh it came younger, out uh, today that they were interested yeah. in melvin gordon or uh, melvin ingram if, ingram uh, yeah that trade didn't come together so yeah yeah um, so and but, i'm like well that, i mean that's truly all in right like you're, you're get he he was going for the best possible option he could get uh you know not even just the easy route but like hey let me let me call around and see who we can get here and uh an impressive get for for this uh defense for sure 
Yeah, let's let's just lead off there. We'll, we had uh, mapped this thing out a little bit ahead of time. We'll come back to the second topic later. Yeah. Uh, we we should as a as I know your show has done this, and I, I've been pretty vocal about this from the end of the season when you looked forward and you kind of projected out some of the free agent moves they were likely to make, some of the roster changes they were likely to tweak, some of the coordinator changes, that they were in the mode now where it was truly all in. And uh, that's kind of buzzwordy. I don't always love the the, the, the phrase there, but uh, <laughs> w- what you are looking for is figuring out the status of what your organization views the roster and their realistic chance to go out and win uh, the, the whole entire thing, right? And yeah. we have been kind of questioning... Uh, this all-in approach when they had Baker Mayfield and they were at the end of the Mayfield era and trying to figure that out. We knew there's an excuse. We knew Watson's arrival. They they had pushed it as a heavy sign with Watson's arrival that they were all in, right, in some regard. Yeah. Chasing the, the big problem is fixing the quarterback, uh, chasing that. Now then the, the season gets there, and you, you know everything surrounding the season is Watson's suspension, so they may not have been aggressive at defensive tackle the way we wanted them to. We saw them like feel as though they solved a lot of the big positions on the roster. So then it was about, okay, there's a bunch of little moves teams across the NFL make for these one-year deals for guys who can help you, right? They can they can put you over the top in some way, shape, or form, whatever position that might be. Usually it's pass rushers, usually, uh, or a defensive tackle, or, or a big-time like aging corner will also be another one where you'll see teams go out and make a move, like Stephon Gilmore comes to mind in recent years. So... We have talked about the window of opportunity, 24, 25, the offensive line, the way it was signed, many other little factors. But we were sort of waiting, like went into the draft. And I know there were some heated discussions during the draft, Brad, between some of us about solving some positions we thought they needed yeah. to be solving, right? Safety and yeah. some others. And, and you know, it's fair at those moments to be concerned. So it's okay to hindsight it and say, well, we should have been more patient, and whatever, whatever. But you're you're just worried from the outside looking in because you don't know their plan. And I think some of us who have, have gone through this in recent years have seen them leave some blank spots on the roster and it has left us frustrated. They got this rollover cap. They have these other little elements that's like, well, why aren't they fixing these things? Why aren't they really pushing the envelope to an extent? And it has frustrated some of us. So when when you get to the draft and you see them not take certain positions, you do start to see what's called a the tipping point, right? Where you're like, okay, yes. are they going to fix these things or not? Are they going to go into the season with a bunch of things in placement, a ton of money, and then just leave a bunch of these little roster holes? It's a fair yes. question because, again, what did they do last year? They left those roster holes. So, uh, you know, we have been just going back and forth on this. The, the coordinators were, were uh, you know, a breadcrumb uh, there that landed uh, among several other roster moves, right? Going out and getting Juan Thornhill, trying to spread money out a little bit, going getting like they were showing you that they were chasing certain things to fix, patch up, put a little hole over the drywall uh, to solve these issues. But after the draft, we're like, okay, seems like a good team here. I see how it all comes together, but they're still missing some pieces. Well, okay, they go sign Rodney McLeod. Great signing, great price, great veteran presence. And then they make the move that I think really tells us like it is definitive. There is no other thought process around this group. This is the Darius Smith trade. Then to say they are all in, they are completely committed to spending up money that they have, pushing the limit of the cap to do so uh, by making this trade, eating, you know, it seems like 11.4 is the guaranteed number he's going to get this year. How much of that bill the Vikings are actually going to foot, we'll see. But 
there is no doubt about it. They're going to push the tax or not the tax, but the the true salary cap threshold number. And, you know, I think that, Brad, we could say there's still some positions we'd love to see them sort of add some uh, a little spice to. Right. Defensive tackle still sits there. Running back still sits there. But I don't think with any any level of doubt, we can say they have not been committed to this year to go. And now that doesn't mean they don't doesn't mean they go solve uh, or spend a couple more positions per se. But I think that they're showing you that they they want to bolster this thing to give themselves a real chance. Like they view themselves as a Super Bowl contender right now. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that um, these moves, the Rodney McLeod move after the draft, have just kind of confirmed that they are they're really going for it. And like to me, it was like, man, they really wanted to make sure Schwartz has everything that he wants or mm-hmm. everything that he needs on this defense, right? Like that's what it feels like. Like they didn't do this for Joe Woods. <laughs> Right, like no. it feels like they're. And whether like Joe sure. was a part, whether Joe was a part of that or not, we don't really know. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't go crazy like this. They they certainly. No. You wonder why they hold on to that rollover cap, Brad. This is this is reasoning, right? This is like yes, your prime yeah. example of that. So yeah, yeah, and and you know, smartly, you know, and we question those little roster holes and maybe neglecting defensive tackle a little bit but smartly they have chosen to do it now and when Watson gets his full season and you have a new defensive coordinator so it is timeline lining it up so once again if you look at that process it is actually pretty good here right so um, instead of wasting those resources another year go ahead completely completely agree you can be the type of person who is just like well it's the browns and they'll find a way they'll find a way to screw this up they'll show me wins and that's fine that's a results driven and they've driven you to that spot i just think that the process of like you know they could have had draymond jones for 17 million but instead they get okoronkwo and you know um zadarius smith uh, zadarius smith here right so like they have taken some of those bigger chunks of potential money spend and spread them into multiple players. And like, I just think that their process between the defensive coordinators that they were able to, I mean, I shouldn't say just defense, both coordinators, they were able to bring in on top of, you know, on top of all the other things that they've been able to do with the roster. Like it has just been a really sound process. And and they also are showing you outside of one player that they drafted, it doesn't feel like any guy is being threatened to go in and start, like give meaningful reps. You know, you can say now, okay, Isaiah McGuire, Alex Wright, young guys, not forced into five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred reps, right? They're not, they're not forced into that. They have veterans, they have guys they're counting on more at the top end, right? Cedric Tillman, good player, should play, will find his way onto the field, but they're not in any way needing that. They have three right. wide receivers they, they like, a potential fourth one that they like. They don't have to force that envelope at all. Now, if a rookie goes out and he's unbelievable, they're going to give him a chance to play. They're not stupid, but this is they're trying to avoid rookies that have to find the field. Now, the one that I would argue is, as we sit here currently, forced to find the field is Siaki Ika. Like, there is such little tackle d- defensive tackle depth still. That Dalvin Tomlinson's a nice frontline addition, but there's a lot of mystery right behind that between – all the others who are kind of just floating there, Tristan Hill and Mo Hurst and 
the, the, yeah. the AYOs from last year of the Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togi, I group and what's Perry on Winfrey look like in the second year, considering what his offseason looked like. So it feels like Ika is, is going to have to play. Now they could go sign Matt Ioannidis. They could go sign Shelby Harris and they can make that less of an issue. I hope they do. I hope they yeah. do. But they are going out and showing you that they are saying, hey, we're all in. What types of moves indicate this all in nature? Well, it's it's getting a bunch of veterans at a good price to come in and fill plaster up, fill those those little holes that uh, those holes, as we know, lead to cracked ships eventually, and the water leak yeah. happens, and we saw it last year. So, yeah, like this this there is no doubt about it. And what they're doing now is just seeing how how far can they take this with the veterans. Like, I, I mean. I, I'm at this point, the way they've been aggressive and the way Andrew Barry sounded in recent interviews, I would be pretty surprised if they don't add a running back and a defensive tackle before, especially considering the money that will open up on June 1st. Um, you know, that's that's it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, they've shown that, you know, he's going to do everything he can. You know, it's interesting, too, with, you know, with Smith and his ability to play inside and Garrett's ability to play inside and, you know, on third downs and the way that wide nine looks and the way those guys line up out there on that four eye or whatever, right? And, and it looks like, I mean, really from your defensive tackles, you're just going to need like really two downs of really stout interior defense, right, from those guys. And, the, and it's like you have enough weapons off the edge even – to get really creative on third downs. So no, there's um, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it should it's be exciting. a lot of fun. I'm excited about this defense. Yeah. Yeah. There's just one piece missing. I do think if like they go out and sign Matt Ioannidis or somebody of the sort, like you're really looking at a, a dangerous, dangerous group. And like, that's the, the smart stuff that they've done is like, you know, Rodney McLeod is a veteran minimum guy, basically like he, he's a, mm-hmm. uh, pretty cheap like again they open up 9.3 i know they're going to need some of that money i think to make sure everything works with zadarius so uh, there's some maneuvering that might happen with a, uh, somebody's restructuring of a contract already on the roster we'll see what shakes out with that but you know at this moment it is uh there's there's enough money playing with there to do it and again i want to remind you this is as you as you're a fan looking back before looking forward if you are somebody, and I, I think that we've covered it well enough here, Jack Duffin has done well enough to help you understand this, and I think it's becoming more mainstream, but you would see at the end of last year these graphics that would say teams with the most cap space in the NFL, and you'd see the Browns with like $23 million, to which you would say, what the hell? Why have they not signed yeah. a defensive tack? Why have they not fixed these holes on the roster? Well, that a lot of that money was rollover money from years of rolling it over from, from previous editions of the team when they didn't think that they were ready to push all the chips in the table. Because, again, rollover money is you use it, you lose it, right? You don't yeah. get to keep that. It takes your caps. And, again, I don't know the exact cap number. Say the cap number is 240. That year, if you have $19 million or $20 million of rollover cap, your cap can be 260 for that year. But it goes back to whatever the number is for everybody else the following year. But what it does do is it creates – an opportunity to spend big in an all-in way, right? Zadarius Smith had plenty of suitors. A lot of teams were interested in him. He had 80 pressures last year. He is, uh, and I broke that tape down, he is fun. He can play. He is a good player. But the Vikings looking to move off money, get younger, change their defense on the fly, uh, there were not as many suitors because teams just have not given themselves the ability to soak up a double-digit million contract, like 10-plus million for a year. So that shrinks the pool of suitors. 
And of, of that pool of suitors, then you have how many teams have Miles Garrett and Oak Ronquo and these Dalvin Thomas yeah. who I played with. It, that's that's the uh, one plus one equals two. But again, you might have asked over the recent years, you know, the Browns have thought we're good enough to compete. We're good enough to make the playoffs. You know, we, we, we really are good enough to do certain things in these past two or three years. And we'll take our lotto ticket, but we're not going to really push our chips all the way in until everything is aligned. And they have now found their year of alignment. And I think it has been, you know, listen, I wanted to win more games in recent years, just like you did. Don't, don't get it twisted. But I, from their perspective of like, you keep that rollover kind of there until you really feel like everything is aligned. This is the right time. And that's why I feel like the process, which has been very bumpy, uh, because at the heart of everything, they're trying to solve this quarterback position. Yeah. They now have the best chance to do that than they've had in a long time because they get a full offseason, a full, you know, those full six games, full offseason of Deshaun Watson, and, and there's nothing standing in the way of him playing football anymore. So I get it. I get why they're doing it. And that's why I sit here now with the data we have in front of us of how they're going to approach this. Pretty optimistic about them fixing and kind of putting a couple of little finishes on the on the overall product here with those two positions I mentioned, and you should be excited and the expectations are real. Like the expectations from them, their own expectations are very real here. So your expectation should be that they should be a pretty good football team this year. Really good and push for a real chance to win this division, Brad. That's, that's what they're telling you here. I, I couldn't agree more that, uh, uh, the timing has been ideal uh, despite complaints in the past, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, back to our discussion, even last week, like, you know, we talked, we've talked about, you know, just adding talent or building a team, accumulating talent or building a team and, and that gets overblown sometimes, but I mean, th- the process has been true this off season as far yeah. as, you know, with the, our, our, their respective our you know, even questioning, the draft, you know, I still stand by some of that questioning, you know, future outlooking, but I do believe, you know, obviously Andrew Barry has a plan and he's putting it into uh, effect and it's a really exciting time. As a Browns fan, you should feel really good about what the organization is doing. That's just how I feel. So now we can play, you know, it's November and we can play hindsight and maybe some things didn't work out. But I would love to hear from somebody who has got a an issue with their uh, process this off season. What they would yeah. have done different right now to get it. Not telling me in November, but telling me right now because I think it has been as well executed an off season as you could have asked for as a Browns fan. Like they have done step by step, extremely well with opportunities to get cheap talent, but good talent, the right kind of risks the right kind of absorbing a veterans deal here with Smith chasing, playing out, being patient with a Rodney McLeod among many other things here that they have put in place. We don't need to rehash all of it, but it has just been, it's been impressive. It's been really impressive. And I hope that the results, because we know that at the end of the day, 95% of the fan base is driven by results, which again, I totally understand. Uh, but I, I think I just, I'm a fan of the of process based stuff and I have really enjoyed their, process here so i hope it i hope it works out yeah and I, the last thing on this i would just say that boy andrew barry is is it feels like he is getting more comfortable and more comfortable and better at just executing these kind of trades right like um yeah. 
uh, these player trades. That's a, right? that's noted. That's really important. You might have a problem with his draft, right? Which his draft. There's been some people that have done yeah. this and collected his drafts have not been bad. They've been relatively average. There've been some above average to them, but they've been fine. But if you're a person who's who's against like his his drafting, you cannot look at the like the trading. If you're tearing off free agent signings, right? Tearing off free agent signings, draft picks. I might be giving away a good podcast idea here for uh tearing <laughs> off Andrew Barry. But like if you're if you're looking at the three things a GM does at the at the core of this, they do trades, they do free agents, and they do drafting. I mean, the trade stuff is bananas. Like his trading has been so good. Uh, that 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 it's it's it might be one of the best in the league the way they've been able to trade with teams and fix things and uh, you know piece together answers for the organization. I think you could put the drafting at second, and then I think you could put the the free agent stuff uh, as it's been third to me, just largely because of Hooper's deal you had to get out of early and John Johnson you had to get out of early. We haven't seen them, and hopefully this changes this year with Dalvin and some of the others that they brought in Thornhill and them. Uh, some level of change to the outcome of these contracts. But uh, I also understand where they were coming from with each of them, even though uh, yeah, the John, John Johnson one is one that I would argue uh, they just totally botched from a unified perspective and how to use them. But I think the the three of them, would you disagree with that, that those three tiers, like I think the, again, I think first is how well he's traded. Second is, his drafting and then third is at this point seems to be his free agency success top top end free agency success yeah no i i would agree i think i think that free agency thing or at least i hope will go up um here on the second go around here this is kind of like the second cycle through um a lot of the or opportunity for him to kind of really spend and get better with free yeah. agency um and i think it'll be better this time around because and i don't even put like a lot of that was on i mean the misusing misusing of, J- of john johnson is a little bit on woods more than it is barry right like what else do you want him to do i mean he's one of the best safeties on the market right like um i, I don't know stuff like that I, but i i get your i get what you're saying there so um, but second time through, I think he improves great deal there because I feel like that what they did in free agency this off season was it's excellent, stellar, yeah, yeah. And then just just the ability to to find these trades and then execute them. I mean, people talk about you know people in trade talks all the times, but he's he's getting these trades done um, in a manner two years in a row with a huge wide receiver acquisition. And then now this edge, I mean, we're talking about premium positions, very little in return, uh, to really bolster your, your team and your talent level. So really with the trade stuff, we, we probably won't from, from those who don't pay attention to every minor Browns acquisition, we probably won't see a, a national perception as strong, if the Watson thing doesn't pan out, because that's the trade that he will always be remembered for if that ends up falling uh, kind of flat. So just wanted point. to say to keep that in mind, uh, that that is one we kind of almost gloss over sometimes. I know I, I do. I I'll did. forget that they yep. made that trade. Um, yeah. we're, real quick before we jump to break, a little trip to the Bahamas coming, right? You got some details on that for the guys? Puerto Rico. Bahamas last year. Puerto Rico this yep. year. Uh where, where would you choose to go if your boss? No, you have a rich coworker, Brad, who's just yeah. like, I just work because I love to work, but my my family's so well off. I'll take uh 
Take all the people in my department here. Where are you going? Yeah. Boy, I don't know, man. Give me. I have to think about that. Uh, Vegas. It's on the spot. You're choosing <laughs> Vegas of all the places in the world? No, I'm not in the, the Maldives, world. man. I'm not going in the, to the world. Maldives. Where Where are you going? Where are you going? The Maldives, man. The islands, like the. Uh, um, look it up. It's it's one I of would. the the richest rich people destination spots. Uh, I, I'm okay. going like tropic vacation all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I would go Tropic Paradise somewhere, or yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one of you know one of those Caribbean islands. Uh, it's a lot of money to go there, so it'd have yeah. to be uh, somebody who would, who would be very well off. But if I could pick anywhere, uh, that's where I go. But I don't think Watts would. I thought Stefanski had a really funny quote on that. Do you have? Uh, I have it here. Do you have, I somebody, would just like somebody to... asked about him. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I would just like to justify my uh, Vegas thing and that <laughs> the first thing I think of when I think of, like, getting away is just, you know, like, r- raging, like, when I was younger yeah. and just, like, you know, yeah. being a it is an awesome degenerate. Spot so that's why that came out. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Rethinking it, Tropic Paradise. Okay, Stefanski, um, I'm done with that. All right, uh, Watson uh, <laughs> and company heading off to a uh, – you can read this in my uh, – this week's episode of things i think i know uh the go. written version uh at the obr uh off to the bahamas last may uh and uh, to puerto rico this may stefanski was asked if he is sending play sheets with them uh and as stefanski does so well he answered in a way that told us absolutely nothing he responded i don't know if we're allowed to so if we're not allowed to no if we're allowed to, yes. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> That's that is a Kevin a quintessential Kevin answer of like just being kind of I guarantee he knows the answer yes, to that question, knows. but he's just yes. he's just being sort of uh, sly. That's what he yes. likes to do. Very smart um, answer. A very smart ass answer. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we get back from a word from our sponsors, we have one more uh you know, we're gonna revisit that defensive line a little bit. We'll talk about that. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brad, I want to toss it over to you because, again, most of the topics that we end up hitting on this thing kind of come before the show where we're like hashing out some things we ironically have been thinking about with this team. So uh, <laughs> toss that question over and then I think there's some some riffing we can do off of it. Yeah, so I kind of was thinking last night uh, about what we was going to write about and maybe what we were going to talk about here. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, you think about Obos Okoronkwo's contract and it kind of appears like you know when you first look at it it's like is that a starter's contract not really right like it, it almost doesn't look like a starter's contract because we know about snap limitations so far this is in his career right he's never played more mm-hmm. than like 520 snaps I think or something like that 560 something like that and um and then now you have Zadarius Smith 
who's going to get over $10 million in a season, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. how do you break up these snaps? Who's the starter, and how do you think these snaps? I mean, I think, honestly, it's probably a split between those two. But, I mean, I mean, how do you – how does that play out and what do you expect from smith snap wise and and you want your ascending player that you just brought in off edge to not be limited you want to push his snap count higher than 500 right for future years so how do you handle these snaps between these two well let's to to do this i think there's probably a deeper study we could do at some point over what the rotations look like for Schwartz back in his Philadelphia days. Uh, Maybe do a little bit of looking at what the Tennessee group did last year. But uh, when you look at it by team, you kind of want to break it down from last year and just kind of say, okay, how many, what what does it look like? How many snaps have guys played? So if you look at defense and you sort it by edge, um, or you had Miles play 816, you had Clowney play 494, you had Alex Wright play 543, Thomas 162, Chase Winovich 178, and then another like 135 right? from Isaac Ballpark. Rochelle. Yeah, something uh, maybe, I don't know. So 800, a couple guys. So if you said Rochelle and Garrett combined for 1,000, and then you said, okay, 200 plus 550, yeah, you're a little under that. But, yeah, I mean, that's okay. generally the thought process. So. I think the ideal thing for Miles would be uh, he doesn't have a car accident in season, God forbid. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays every game, so you would be looking at a closer return to the 900, 1,000 snap range for him. Uh, and maybe they want to keep him closer to 800. He's, he's, he's getting a little older now. There are some miles yeah. on the tires, no pun intended. Um, so You do want to keep him you, fresh, yeah. You, you do want to keep him fresh, and that's obviously the biggest goal of what they're doing here altogether. I would say Miles is in the 800 to 900 range. Zadarius has always been an above 800 guy. Like ever since his Green Bay arrival, here's what he's played 976, 958, had back surgery, and then came back last year and played 822. So I would think he's in the 700 range. So, you know, if you say he's close to 700, so that's like what you're pushing 1,500 snaps there alone. So maybe you pull those guys back a hundred apiece. Miles is a 750, 650 mm-hmm. to 700 for Zadarius. You want to get, I think the 550 number for Okoronkwo is like the sweet spot to me uh, for, okay. for him. That would be really okay. good. Um, and then obviously getting whoever wins that fourth spot, whether that's uh, Alex Wright or Isaiah McGuire, the two front front runners because of draft uh, selections. But I, I continue to say don't count out Lonnie Phelps. I, I actually really think he's going to surprise me. And Isaiah Thomas had moments last year, yeah. real moments. Yeah. So that battle for edges four or five and potentially six like is going to be an actual battle of really talented players, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think you're looking at between the three guys who matter, something like high 700s, low, like high 600s, maybe 680 to 720, and then – uh, something in the five mid fives. And then you're talking about two other players, like at the three and 200 area uh, or something like that. Now you can, you, you, these get messed up if guys get hurt and all that. We all know that, mm-hmm. but um, something along that range. I think, I think your, your true starter will probably be Zadarius, but you're going to see Oak Ronquo get a, get a good number of snaps. The first guy to rotate in for them. Uh, on a lot kind of along these lines, something that just popped into my head. I answered it last night. It was in our at the OBR and our uh, ask the insiders. But 
Um, a good question about Zedarius Smith. So he went off last year. He got off to a massive start. Like insane start. Fifty five pressures, start. Brad. Yes. In ten weeks. Yeah. And then he hurt his knee. Uh a knee contusion week uh ten at, against Buffalo, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In that game, he had I think a sack and nine pressures or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, he, he had like a three week stretch of like uh, I think he went um, eleven pressures, nine pressures, four, and then back to nine. No, it's like yeah. what? Yeah, uh, ridiculous. So like a, a ridiculous start. So if he doesn't get dinged like that, because it significantly slowed him down. Because he went, I mean, we're I think he was averaging six a game. I read, and it went down to mm-hmm. three a game for the next seven weeks or something like that, uh, with only a half a sack uh, in the final seven weeks of the season. Now, he sat out week 18 and then did play in the wild card game. Before the wild card game, he was quoted saying that he felt 100% after sitting out week 18. Uh, he only got two pressures in that game, but he did record a 78 pass rush grade in the wild card game, and they're lost. So, I think he's obviously no internal damage i'm not concerned about anything this year i'm just saying like what if this dude is just i mean if he is just you know lighting the world on fire like that again for the browns or a guy playing opposite miles garrett i mean uh where do you they're gonna have to play him they're gonna have to play him you're gonna have to play him as many snaps as you want and what do you do with okoronkwu right like let's let's do this brad what was the best game we would consider between miles and Clowney last year let's try to figure that out because if we could figure that out we could probably figure out a little bit of like okay how many snaps would be there for a third or fourth guy so like miles played pretty well at cincinnati um, let me see if I can pull up kind of the collective Browns uh, snap counts from that game. So if we go to schedule, uh, this is not instantaneous, unfortunately, um, as we as we work through a podcast. And now nothing is just showing up on the screen, which is always a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, all right. So if we that. go, uh, let me see here at Cincinnati defense and uh, edge player snap. So like in this game. Miles had 51 and Jadevian had 47. Pretty good okay. number of snaps, yeah. right? Alex Wright had 32 and Isaiah Thomas had 18. Okay. So, you know, that's just one game. 67 total snaps is what they have it listed as. It feels like, right, you know, like 32 snaps for Okoronkwo, kind of, you know, you'll, you'll triple up some of those guys on the field together and pass yeah. rush predictable pass rush situation so yeah that that rotation feels right i'm not worried about okronko getting snaps he'll find it. Okay. he'll find the field plenty and then they have a natural guy like what the hope is here brad is that one of the 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 you know players at the bottom of the group here the youngsters right or hall um and i should obviously include mcguire and i don't know why i keep forgetting him if one of those you need one of those three to become a really good player. Like you just need yeah. one to become a pretty yeah. good rotational player. And then between miles, Okoronkwo, and then that third rotational player, you, you have something and you're piecing together that fourth and fifth spot. So yeah. you, you know, it feels pretty locked in to me that at this point, Zadarius is going to be a one year guy. Um, so you're trying to sort of see if, if one of those young guys, the goal here would be for one of them to jump in and, 
be ready to take over that role. Flash, uh, take over the role. Snaps, yeah, for, for sure. Take over the role that Okoronkwo leaves as the third piece of the puzzle as Oko steps in and um, becomes the the Zadarius Smith of the group the following year. Yeah, and then that person grows into his role. Yeah, absolutely. Bingo. That's what you're hoping for, at least. So that would be a pretty dang good outcome for them, uh, yeah. considering. And that's what they're trying to do is not feel like those guys who are, you know, the the the, the Maguires, the Wrights, they, they don't have to do it. Do they want them to earn it and make it impossible for them to keep them off the field? Well, hell yeah, they do. But yeah. they don't want to force that. So um, they want to keep themselves protected in a year that, again, they think they have such good top-end talent that they're all in. That's the yep. whole thing. Yeah, right. They've done a very good job of that with those guys. So, no longer am concerned about as I was, you know, and vocalized it. I was concerned about those extra five hundred snaps, right? Uh, after Okoronkwo, uh, as you look at Alex Wright playing the third most amount of snaps at a thirty-eight PFF grade last year, not ideal, right? So, yeah. um, didn't want to end up in that situation again, and you've you're not even close to that now, so. Yeah, all things uh, health is what you need health, to hold up. Yeah, and and, yeah, and you, you know, and again, I want to reiterate because the the point you made about before we sign out of here is uh, with 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 Zadarius. Yes, he was not as good weeks eleven through eighteen as he was weeks one to. He was on like defensive MVP level pace. Torrid pace, that. yes, unbelievable. Yeah. But he still generated twenty five pressures over those last seven weeks which would have been good for like top 25 in the position so it's not like he just was and this is something that minnesota vikings fans who have found their way into the mentions because this is why every time time trade happens you always downplay the guy you let go it's just it's funny because what they're doing in minnesota and i said this on my pod last night is uh they're building up marcus davenport who saints fans were happy to see go now they don't care that zadarius is gone and they're building up their guy it's just yeah it's just the cycle of NFL fandom. That's just how it goes. It's funny that they'll just the guy had eighty pressures. Do you know how hard it is to find eighty pressures? Right. See, like it's bananas. How and, and sometimes people are just so cavalier about that, and it's, it's 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 funny to me. You know, when I'm looking over here, the Browns and everyone outside of Miles, like outside of Miles, there were like 173 pressures on the on the Browns' entire group last year. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, so he, him putting up eighty is like. And you add in Okoronkwo, and that's why I said the the tweet that I said about they were playing with like a JV defensive line last year. It was like Mike Trout yep. in a minor league group <laughs> around him. Like that's what yeah. it was. Um, so they're actually putting really good talent around him. They got Tomlinson. They got they have four guys that can really go. Like four guys who can really go, and then they have some youngsters that they're hoping can also figure out how to really go. And maybe they'll add one more veteran. So. It's it's got potential put, to be genuinely fun, Brad. Yeah, and when you put those youngsters in a situation where they're around other really good players, it op- it gives them more opportunities and more of a chance to figure it out than if they're up against it all the time because there isn't that kind of talent around them. So you kind of you know putting them in this situation uh, is a good you know situation to you know generate. Uh, opportunities Ooh. for a younger player yeah. for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. With that note, we're going to get out of here. It's been a fun Sunday. Go back check out the uh, Zadarius Smith film room if you want to learn all about the player. Covered it from every angle I could possibly come up with. Tell, telling his NFL story, so on and so forth. 
uh, all the way to where he is here, why the trade happened, covered it all. And then Brad is going to post his Sunday things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns for your viewing consumption. Check that out. It's Mother's and, Day. We should have started and, that way, Brad. It's Mother's Day. Yeah, so I know. Take care yeah. of the women in your life who matter. And it's Brad's birthday. Absolutely. So yep. wish Brad a happy birthday. He turns 31. Right, Brad? Yep. That's what, yep. That's what totally. they say. That's what they say. Yeah, man. Any closing <laughs> words before we get out of here, buddy? Happy early. Well, I'm recording this a little earlier than your birthday's kickoff, but happy birthday, man. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, be wonderful uh, to your uh, wives and uh, mothers on Mother's Day. And, uh, treat them nice. Treat them nice. Do something nice for them. Treat them and, nice. Uh, Make them feel appreciated. Absolutely. And uh, no, I don't. I don't have anything else. It's a good show. We covered uh, good show. some good topics here. So it's a good oh, show. I, I was going to say oh, that go I, uh, I, I, I keep. I'm like Columbo today. I keep coming back with one more. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I? Oh, uh, I also have an article tomorrow on the backup quarterback competition. Oh yeah, which is uh it could be a little spicier than we think if DTR is a bit more ready when he arrives than yeah. So he, yeah he can play he can play even though you and I were staunchly against the pick and I still am but he I still can, am. he can win he can win that job so something the to only reason to. I think people so I'll, I'll clear this up real quick I think people came and said look pointed a lot of people pointed at Rodney McLeod and he said see Brad see 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 it didn't matter well I, I understand that I would just say that, that my reasoning for wanting to take a younger safety there was for after Delpit leaves, which Rodney McLeod will not be here to to shore up. So that would be my I remain in that island. I'd rather take swings on position players who uh, yeah. you think are going to have a chance to matter, right? Not so, to dive into uh, that mess again. No, we don't need to go back down. People will turn this pod off. But we're, we're leaving anyway. <laughs> so turn, the, turn the dang thing off if you're here at this point. Ahead, for myself, for Brad... We appreciate you being here. Take care of the women in your life. Have a great Mother's Day. And, uh, yeah, go Browns as well. Go Go Browns. Browns.